Being a dad isn't always easy, but it's the best thing I ever did. I'm constantly improving myself to be the best dad I can be through fitness, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. As fathers, we pass on many things to our children, such as our mindset, our habits, our attitude, and what we've learned along the way. Each of these will shape who our children are and who they will become. The Warrior Dad's mission is to help you become the healthiest version of yourself, to hone your edge, and to live with purpose. My name is Jim Bartomey, and this is the Warrior Dads Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for tuning back in for another episode of the Warrior Dads Podcast. Today I have Tom Kingwell with me. Tom is the founder of Dad Strong and the host of the Dad Strong Podcast. Tom is a dad to four amazing children, two of which are eight-year-old twins. He has a four-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter. In addition to being a fifth grade teacher and a full-time dad, Tom's mission is to encourage fellow dads to find their meaning in serving their families with everything that they do. He sees being a father and a husband and a family man as a puzzle, and the pieces of that puzzle are ours to discover, uncover, or create. Tom, thanks so much for coming on the Warrior Dads podcast. Mm, yeah, great to be here, and, and nice to be on the other side for a change. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you've been having uh, some good success with your podcast and getting some really great guests on and um i was on your podcast uh, a while back and so it's it's great to have you on mm, yeah i know it's been cool it's uh it's amazing privilege to be able to speak to some of the guys that i have and I, I like we were speaking before it's like not all about how many followers who they have but just like so many dads that i've interviewed whether they be navy seals or ex-professional surfers or businessmen it's just the same kind of challenges that they have as fathers and uh the same kind of experiences as we do have as dads and and how to overcome those things and become better men and better fathers and, and stronger for our struggles, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I say it at the end of almost every episode, but I, I honestly do mean it, mean it wholeheartedly is that, and like I was just telling you, I learn literally something ev from every single guest that I have on. And just to be able to have that experience <laughs> selfishly uh, as the host is, is nice. But, you know, of course, great conversations are the goal. And being able to pass that on to the listeners is also the goal. But I, I learn something every single time. So it's truly humbling, actually, to do to do work like this. Mm. No, it is really cool. And I think that what what happened to me is, is a lot of the change that happened was with with mentioning the goal of a show, but just the goal in general of Dad Strong and what used to be Dad Syndicate is that it was at first this kind of pressure to make it or this pressure to make money or this pressure to get somewhere or be something. And, and through talking to so many of these guys that have succeeded and, and everything, you know, you start as a, as a dad and a father and as a man, you start to realize that the success isn't lying outside of you and it isn't lying out there, that it really is lying within yourself and you don't have to become anything. You don't have to achieve a certain amount of renown or anything to find satisfaction and contentment and to be a great man, you know, and I've been thinking a lot about what it takes to be a great man and a great husband and a great father. And it, it, it's very seldom comes to my mind is, is something outside there of an achievement or success in inverted commas. It's, it's really relief actually, Jim, to find that it's within each of our grasp that it's actually here. And I know the Stoics have said that, you know, why are we taking the long route around? Why trying to find it outside there when it's, it's really like a shortcut. It's really with us. Like as we sit here right now, it's with us now in our in our power to really find success in life, to be those husbands and fathers that lift up their families and their friends and and make that impact, you know? And it's just mm -hmm. a journey. <laughs> yeah. What got you speaking of that journey? What got you on 
what what inspired you to start this journey and to start Dad Strong? And I know before it was Dad Syndicate, so maybe you could talk a little bit about that why you went and went and changed it. But what what got you on this journey initially? Mm. Well, I'm, I suppose the, the the major catalyst was my divorce. I would say, which once again shows you how negative things can be turned into something positive. But I, I got divorced and I had these these twins that I loved deeply, obviously. Um, having kids was always something that I wanted to do. And um, unfortunately, I moved here to Germany and the marriage failed and, and I left. And whoever was right or wrong, it set me on, obviously, a path that uh, was quite difficult, being a dad and a man in Germany, especially not speaking the language. And then having to face the the situation of not being with my kids all the time. And no matter how hard I try to be with them and 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 visit them as much as possible and have them every second weekend, like is normally the the case. You know, I went to the officials here and that's basically what I was told is what is normal. You know, the kids stay with their mom and they see the dads in weekend. I just couldn't understand this and I didn't understand why it was like this. So then ensued a long battle uh, to get my kids uh, at least equal custody, you know, and my son fell ill during that time and went to hospital and almost died. So we had that on. That was another thing that happened shortly after the divorce. And that was really hard. And then divorce battles and, and, and long story short, you know, it just came to the point where through all these battles and court cases and all these things, I started to get very angry and very resentful. And I, you know, found myself focusing a lot on what's happening outside of me. And, um, not really focusing on myself. And I started realizing like, well, if I want to stand a chance of actually having my children equal, equal amounts, I have to put in as much effort as I can into me and into the home I create for my children. And I have to be that dad that leaves no room. And this is the thing that I really learned was leave no room for anybody to find fault. So if I would go to court or if my ex-wife would accuse me of something that it would just be obvious to the judges and whoever was there that I was not that type of person and that I was the man for the job and that my kids should be with me at least half the time. And I had lawyers visiting my house and coming to talk to me and court cases. And it really worked. It was amazing. You know, changing that thing about the resentfulness. I still remember an angry moment. I was standing on my balcony getting so angry when I got a court letter throwing a beer across the garden. <laughs> I know it's, <laughs> but um, I was so angry and I, and I look back on that. I think like that did nothing, you know, and it just showed me how this anger and stuff in our lives doesn't bring anything. So I started thinking, well, how many other divorced dads are going through this? There must be loads of them. And I started thinking, well, how do I help these guys? Um, one side obviously won the court case. It's just that's an important part is that I won equal custody of my kids and I won the right that my kids come to the school that I teach at. And um, um, and that was down to just ownership and taking responsibility. I realized that I wanted to share that with other guys because I know there's so many people that are hurt and so many men that get screwed over by the system or but at the end, they often get screwed over by themselves because of the way they approach it. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't guys totally treated unfairly and stuff, but, you know, you must do your part. And I started realizing I want to help guys do that. And so I started the dad syndicate or actually I started the patchwork dad first, which is just a little Instagram account. And um, that changed into dad syndicate when I realized that, hey, it's not just divorced dads that need to step up and do this. It's every dad. And if we look in the world now, Jim, I'm pretty sure you can agree that a lot of the ills that people are complaining about come down to fathers not being there for their kids you know fathers that step out fathers that whether it be through poverty or through unfair treatment in the past it's still a lot of um a lot of dads are not taking their responsibility owning up so i thought let's let's do that and and then at the same time i thought man tom you're so far from the man and the father and the husband that you can be 
why don't you go on this little journey with these guys and why don't you start reading more and why don't you start listening to other guys more that are that are leaders and have, have gone through these things and why don't you start talking to guys like yourself um jim and talking to these other guys that we've had on the podcast like brandon lily and bert soren and ryan and and uh, Bedros Kulian and you name it, some of the guys here. And, and let's see where that takes me as a dad and as a man, as a husband. And it's just been amazing to see how that's that's been the main thing, man, is that I realized, hey, this is about me as well and me growing into the dad and the husband and, and sharing that with other guys that you can come from being an angry, divorced dad who really had no control of his emotions, if I'm honest with you, to someone in our sit here with you who talks to other dads and able to actually, you know, um, speak to these gentlemen and speak to guys like yourself and actually have something to say. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a long story. <laughs> so sorry for going on about that, but, uh, it just, it's just amazing to see where you can come from when you just take ownership. And when you start looking at yourself in the mirror, man, like realistically and realizing your faults and being honest with yourself is what, um, what your situation is, because then it's exciting. You know, when you actually know how bad you are, it's a pretty exciting place to be because you know that there's only way to one go up, one way to go and that's up. You know? Yeah. 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 Don't be sorry, man. You're the, you're the guest. You're the one who's supposed to be talking. Oh, yes, yeah. I lost. <laughs> I lost. It's my turn. I'm always on my show. I'm always like, ah, oh, you talk too much. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, you're answering the question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that anger that you were talking about. Yeah. How did you, was it just the realization of having the anger that helped you to get rid of it? Or did you do something to actively fix, fix that? Hmm. I'm glad you asked that question because it's something that I've been wanting to, well, I've been sharing as well in my podcasts in the morning, the Monday meditations podcast that I have out. Um, I wouldn't say I've got rid of it yet because I think it's a long process to get rid of something like that, but it was so deep entrenched in me since a young boy, you know, it's something that I know when I look back and I looked so far back into my life and looked at myself and not as looking for an excuse like, Oh, you know, my parents did this or my childhood was like that. I just realized where it came from. And, and number one was realizing where these, where the roots of this anger are. Because when you know where the roots of the anger are, then you understand it's not about the thing. You know, it's not about the thing making you angry. It's really about the roots that you haven't dealt with. And so that was the first thing was realization. Hey, you've got anger that's not dealt with. You've got emotions um, that you haven't dealt with. You've got feelings and experiences that you've had when you were younger that are still operating power over you. And as the Stoics say, you know, when you take the long view and you look from the outskirts and you zoom out a little bit on your life span, you actually see like why why do these things from the past still have an impact on me? Why the way that I was treated or something that happened when I was eight year old still impact me when it's not happening now, you know, and you start realizing the now is what matters. And um, you have to let go of those things from the past. So number one was dealing with the past and admitting to myself some of the things I didn't want to admit because as men, we often don't want to admit that we've been weak. We don't want to admit that we've been hurt. We want to, we want to be strong. And I, and, and anger was my defense. That was the other thing I realized. Anger was my, my defense against hurt. So I would, if you met me, I'm not the type of person that you'll see crying or that'll say I'm hurt. I'm the person that will just get angry with you. Mm -hmm. Tell you like where to get off or swear at you or whatever. That was how I was. And um, yeah, that was, that was my default. But then I realized, well, that's because of hurt. That's because of undealt with emotions. That's because of the way that you feel you are having to defend yourself. And so then, and so then obviously realizing themselves. And as I said, looking, looking in the mirror and going, Tom, these are your issues and these are why you're feeling. And then I had to start reading, you know, and I started reading the Stoics a lot, especially. So you've got Marcus Aurelius meditation, Seneca on the shortness of life, and then other books by Ryan holiday that I've read as well. And just reading and delving deep into that. And then talking with other men, I think has been very important hearing other men's stories, hearing how they've dealt with it. But I think, 
I think the biggest one was um, lately I read this book called As a Man Thinketh by James Allen and just realizing the power of my thoughts and realizing that I can catch them because what I would do is I would almost not think. I'd just get angry from one stimulus to response without any like gap in between and realizing that I can actually catch that thought and look at my thoughts and go, well, okay, this is what I'm thinking and this is the action. So when I, what I've been looking at lately is what, I, what I've, I mean, it's pretty simple, right? It's you have a thought, you have a feeling and you have actions and observing all those things. So being really active in my observations when something happens to me. So when my daughter isn't going to sleep and screaming at night, I look at what, oh, I'm feeling this. Oh, I'm thinking this. I'm actually getting angry with my baby daughter screaming upstairs. And then the action is, what, am I going to go scream it? Or am I actually going to take a deep breath, calm myself down and go upstairs and try help the situation instead of letting my emotion take over? And that little like observation of all these challenges in my life and starting to realize that when my wife is criticizing or complaining that I stop myself and go, okay, Tom, number one, is, is there maybe actually something that's true in this? Can you change it? If not, why is it so important to get upset with this? And um, number three, by just looking like, what can I control? And I mean, Jim, you know what, you, you probably know this and most of the guys listening know this, but if they don't, like we really can't control the things outside of ourselves and realizing that power comes from controlling ourselves and real power comes from really being self-aware um, of our thoughts. And um, since I've been doing that, it's been amazing because have I been getting angry? Yes. But have I been showing anger? No. And people might say, oh, why well, suppress it? But it's not the same. It's basically getting it and actually rationalizing with myself. And that's what Stoics also talk about living as a rational being going, is this worth getting angry about? Is this going to produce anything positive? No. Okay, well, then let me rather instead of making this negative situation even worse, why don't I do the opposite, which is use this negative situation as a point of growth, as a as a way to learn. So if it's, if it's a difficult colleague to deal with, instead of getting angry with a colleague and making it worse by complaining, rather going, okay, well, let me take my ego. Let me get that in check. Let me see how it's working. Let me let me find the words to say to this person in a way that's going to help them be better and me be better and it's going to make the situation better. And and then you start you just stop creating more stress and more worry and more, more anger for yourself. And you start creating more peace and more harmony and more calm. And, um, and, you, and when you start, you know, when you, it's like when you start producing success, you start doing the same thing over and over again, right? You go, well, this is working for my marriage. This is making me a better dad. This is working at my job. I think I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. And I hope that makes sense what I'm saying. But mostly it was just reading Stoics and really just thinking about myself and going up the mountain and not listening to podcasts actually anymore. It was just walking in the forest and really thinking about my relationships. And another thing I haven't mentioned, and this is also a long answer, but um, essential, as Bedros Koulian said in the interview I had with him, was morning routine and evening routine and nailing those things down and getting enough sleep um, and, and the physical side of things, um, keeping active and keeping healthy and eating right. These all play into these, these things, you know, because you also are just a physical being, biological. And if you're not getting enough sleep or taking care of your body, you're much more likely to be on a hairline trigger. So getting a strict morning routine and a strict evening routine that includes journaling and reading, um, putting the cell phone away, um, putting that away and, and not feeling like that, having to communicate with people all the time. Yeah. It's a long, it's, I mean, it's a long, it's a, it's a really long answer because it's such a hard process and such a complex process to go from being, uh, I mean, seriously, Jim, um, I wish you'd known me and I wish you didn't hadn't known me, <laughs> but I wish you knew me in a way that you just knew how, how much of a hothead I was. Like seriously, like and and to come to where I am now from that is a is a massive thing, man. I I was hopeless a little while ago. I thought, am I ever gonna am I ever gonna come out of this? Am I ever gonna be able to deal with things in a 
in a calm way and stop using this as a defense. And to know that that is possible is why I'm so excited to share with other dads because whether it be anger or whether it be laziness or whether it be whatever emotion or action or behavior that we have, you can always overcome it with a little bit of, well, not of a little bit, hard, a lot of hard work and, and ownership. Yeah. I mean, so... It- it, it, to to answer your question, well, to answer your point, it makes total sense, you know, and basically to me, what it sounds like is just, you became a lot more aware of yourself, a lot more mm-hmm. mindful of your thoughts and your actions, which is huge because, you know, you think of why that was effective for you or why that could be effective for somebody else, in my opinion, and just in my experience with, you know, coaching for over 10 years now is that you see that the more you understand or the more, you know, um, the less fearful you are of it. And then the more, you know, I always say this is, you know, the more we know, the better choices we can make. Right. And so if you have a choice of getting angry at your daughter, like you said, um, or just taking that step back, you know, if you know that about yourself, because you've been more aware and you've been more mindful, now you can make a better decision and you can make a better choice and you can not resort to the anger that you used to resort to in the past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anger is an emotion. And uh, I guess there's some things like you mentioned laziness, like I guess that's more of a trait, mm. but there's so many emotions that we have. And I actually personally think, so like, I actually want to correct the question that I had said to you before is that, you know, how did you get rid of the anger? I don't, I, I don't think you're ever actually going to get rid of it, but you're going to have more control over it, or it's not going to be the prominent emotion that pops up in your life. At least that's the kind of the way I started mm-hmm. to look at it is like you're not going to actually get rid of it. It's kind of like our past. We're never going to get rid of our past, but we're going to learn how to accept our past. You know, if, if there's something in your past that maybe you don't like or that was really hard for you, you're never going to get rid of that because and you really don't want to get rid of that because that's really made you the person who you are today. Right. And having that experience has made you stronger, has hardened you, has opened your eyes, has made you a better person if right. if you've if you've allowed it to um mm-hmm. but the thing is you're never going to really get rid of that anger but if you have control over it yeah and of course you know there might be times that you need anger in a you know survival situation or like in a situation that really calls for it that could be beneficial so it's not like you ever really want to get rid of your anger because then you're screwed if you ever need it <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. yeah having that control is so important and controlling it through awareness is, is basically how you did it. So that's, that's amazing. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. I was just thinking that exact same thing was, you know, you need to control your emotions and, and not let them control you. And that's exactly what the difference was, is that I was just letting my emotions control me. And I almost thought it was virtuous. I was like, oh, you know, I'm real. I tell people the truth. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm like, you know, I'm like an open book. Um, yeah. Um, and thought that that was somehow a good thing. And it's the totally, raw Tom. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? People, pe- there's a lot of people that think that's great. Oh, this is me. I'm just saying what it is. It's real. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's not the real you because the real you is a rational person. The real you and the way you're meant to be as a man is a rational being, a logical person, someone who's in control of his emotions. And that's the thing is that everyone goes, oh, well, then it's suppressing. And I'm like, no, it's not suppressing because, as you said, it's like can be there and you maybe need anger. But being able to control it, I think it was Jordan Peterson. I'm probably going to butcher this, but Jordan Peterson's like a, a good man is not a safe man or a harmless man. A good man is a dangerous man who has it under control, you know, and, and that's what I, I want to be. And I think that that's totally true. You know, there's going to be times when you have to defend uh, other people or keep your family safe. And who knows, you know, when when that emotion can come out. But we need to be in control of those emotions and be able to make choices. And I, for one, know 
that being in control and having the choice of how I'm going to behave is so much more free than feeling like I'm free because I'm letting out my first emotion. I mean, are we seeing that in the world today? People thinking they're free because they're just letting their emotions you know, out all over the place. And I look at the the results of that and I just think this cannot bring anything positive. It's like you're trying to like solve the chaos by being chaos. You know what I mean? It's, it doesn't work. As men, we want to bring like order to the chaos and we want to bring order to the chaos of our lives and we feel good. I mean, that's why it feels great fixing something around the house. That's why it feels great putting tires on a car. I don't know about you, but I, I always feel great doing these things, you know? And um, it's kind of why we want to fix everything. It doesn't really work with our wives. I mean, in fact, it's very seldom when I'm trying to solve my wife's problems. I just had that last night, you know, those usual things where it's like, she just wants to hear listen, you, you to listen and you just want to solve the problem all the time. Uh, I'm learning that one as well, by the way. Patience is the other thing I'm learning because I always want to solve everything immediately and I'm starting to realize that everything, everything takes time, man. But um, mm -hmm. it was something that I was thinking about when you said controlling emotions and having control over the emotions that, um, that I thought about, which was what I was focusing on. Now, yes, it was this. It's that when bad things happen to us, I used to let my emotions control me and then get angry about them. And this morning, I just did a podcast on hardships and how these are the opportunities to shape us. And you can take these same things that made you totally flip out and angry and can be the things that form you and make you tough and make you hard and make you um, resilient and, 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 and make you stoic in the good word, sense of the word, you know, and, and grow you to be an asset to wherever you are instead of them being the things that drive you to do negative things they're actually the things that we are formed on if you if you talk to anyone you know if you look in history from nelson i mean i'm from south africa nelson mandela i mean what that guy went through from apartheid and jail and everything to being who he was in the end it came from him and his hardship you know and i didn't wish that on anybody but if you look at nearly anybody that's worth their salt they've all come through some bad experience and from my divorce and my son almost dying and the custody battles it could have just made me into a bitter old man who didn't do anything and you know lost his custody of his kids and whatever but instead i chose it's just a choice right i mean we all have it in us mm -hmm. yeah yeah i just you know for some people that's just automatically say to you that you're suppressing it mm. um, i i think that that that's probably a person that doesn't really know how to control their emotions or maybe doesn't really understand fully um, because they're just also assuming that you're uh, suppressing it instead of actually, okay, I got this under control. You know, no, no I, I'm in control of this emotion. I'm not suppressing it. It's under control. And it's not like I'm, um, you know, there's something I want to say, but I'm not going to say it, you know? And mm. I think that, I think that person probably just doesn't understand that because I think that that can lead to a little bit of anger too. Cause now we have somebody in front of us who's just assuming that they know exactly what we're dealing with. And they're just saying, Oh, you're just doing this. And it's like, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. And, and, and making sure that that doesn't lead to anger, <laughs> right? Because now it's a, now it's like a double-edged sword. And what you were saying about fixing your wife's problems. I always remember that we all have two ears and one mouth mm. and we should use our ears more then we use our mouth because like you said, we always want to try to fix things and help people. And that's definitely noble of us, but sometimes people just need to vent. Sometimes people just need to listen. And if you notice, sometimes people will actually come up with their own solutions and have their own epiphanies just through hearing themselves talk, just from actually physically saying it out loud. Because when we say it out loud, it's like studying, right? I teach my son this when he's learning you know, his vocabulary words for the week, or he's working on his times tables right now. I say, mm -hmm. 
say it out loud so you can hear yourself. So you think it, you're saying it, and now you're writing it and you're, you're ingraining it in your body in so many different ways. So you're, you're thinking it in your mind, which is not tangible, but then you're saying it so that you can audibly hear it. And then you're physically writing it, which is tangible because you have the pencil to the paper. And so sometimes people just talking it out and having us just listen using our ears is like so powerful for them. But we sometimes can't wrap our head, wrap our heads around that because we think, all right, well, we got to fix this or we're formulating our, our response. And now we're not really truly listening. Yeah. Well, that's something I've been, I've been working on and, and using the podcast as well is to learn to ask questions more and to speak less because that's something that I've struggled with as well. It's the same thing as almost the anger. It's letting out whatever you think and whatever you say and, and thinking that your opinion is so important. And I agree with you that especially in relationships with our wives, often when we try and convince them of something, we'll do exactly the opposite. And actually when you let them talk through it with a little bit of mirroring and a little bit of um, you know active listening, then you'll often see that they will come to that conclusion on themselves, on their own, you know, um, instead of trying to control them. And I suppose it's the same thing for our kids. I think it's hard for us as dads sometimes. We really want to get our opinion across and, and make things happen the way we want them. And I think that's where ego is like, like Ryan Holiday's book, you know, ego becomes the enemy where we think it's about us instead of actually understanding like what is the result that we want here? I mean, what is the end game for our relationship with our wife? It's that our wife is, is happy and content and, and feels loved. And, and then when our wife feels like that, you naturally then reap the benefits instead of trying to force that, that or her to see it your way, to get your way. And with the kids, it's the same thing. And I find it, I don't know if you find it hard, but I find it a challenge sometimes to put my own vision for them of, the, of their future and my own you know, wishes of what I want them to be or how I want them to behave You know, behind how, what is really best for them in the situation. And I know we're not going to be perfect, but I think, Another thing is just the ego and, and, and thinking that our opinion is so important. You know, I, I was sitting at a conversation today now and someone said something political and I was like, my first thought was like, I'm just going to say this. And then I thought, no, but these are the opportunities we need to grow. We actually just, why do you have to say what you have to say now? Why is your opinion now matter? If it's going to make a difference or you're just spouting off stuff. And I think that's, that's what I'm learning and I'm definitely not there yet, but it's to learn that, you know, things need to have a purpose and to cut out as much unnecessary from our lives um, and and not just from our lives, but in ourselves, cut out unnecessary, like you say, two years, one month, like how much unnecessary, how many unnecessary things do we say? Like how many things do we say that are harmful? How many things that we do are unnecessary? And simplifying a life into understanding that what is valuable? How is this feeding into my role as a father and a husband? And, and that's my, I don't know, I know you're the same as me, but like that's for me where, the, where, where it started to really change my life, man, is where I started to realize that what matters is, is what happens in this house that I'm sitting in right now? Like what happens here? Like how is, how am I showing up here? How am I impacting these children and, and, and my wife? And then, and then other things can be important. But once you realize that that is your mission and that that is the most valuable thing in life, you know, when you are sitting there as an old man, what is going to matter? You know, it's going to be your kids and your grandkids and your wife, hopefully you're still living and uh, living with and stuff. And when you have that perspective, you start realizing, wow, like, so what I'm doing in my life needs to feed into that. It needs to feed into the way I lead my family, the way I love actively, not just love in my emotions, but I love actively because loving people emotionally, we all know how it was falling in love and stuff, but real love is totally, totally different to that. Sometimes it's almost the opposite of going against our feelings, you know, because once you've been with someone for a long time or your kids or teenagers, it's not the feeling that counts. It's loving actively. And then it's that legacy that I talk about, which is 
that I'm working towards a legacy for my kids. And then it, and then it changes everything. It changes the, the purpose of the dad strong. It changes the, how I show up in work. It changes the decisions I make of whether to go hang out with the guys or whether to spend my whole Saturday like riding my bike. And, and that's not necessarily wrong, but it needs to feed into that thing. And, when I, and that's what's been a massive change for me is like my kids have almost made me a better person and motivated me to sort myself out and um and realize what's valuable in life and i just encourage guys you know you can get so caught up in chasing after the wind and chasing success and and chasing renown and 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 other people's approval and we start seeing that it's it's kind of like worthless um when it's not really serving your main purpose which is being a dad and husband if you made that that decision um and i just know that every man that chases after those things firstly he's going to suffer and then secondly through him suffering in that way his family then end up suffering and those relationships suffer. And then he wonders why his kids don't want to hang, don't want to spend time with him when they're teenagers because the, he hasn't put in that time. And that's not saying that I need, can't, don't need to get out and go mountain bike and run in the forest, you know, as much as I can. But then I get up at five o'clock, man, and I go up there and I spend my time and then I come home and I bring home rolls and we have a family breakfast. And that means that after my kids go to sleep, I mean, yes, I'm on a podcast with you now at five o'clock because of our time difference. And I want to spend some time with my wife tonight because we haven't been able to because of my baby, but scheduling things so it doesn't interrupt like my time with my children. And do I get a perfect no? Do Am I on my phone sometimes this weekend? Yes, which has been way too much. And then I need to recalibrate and go, Tom, your time on your phone is just, you know, you, you're not with your family, you're not present. And so that's once again a long thing, but just that that's where I'm coming to, you know, and starting to realize that these are the values that, I want to, I want to be like, and, and also Jim at the end of the day, you know, like you can see, I'm still long winded. It's something, there's still work to do. There's always work to do to become more succinct. There's always something to um, improve on. And I think that's great. It makes me excited to think about the future, to think, okay, I'm here now, but you know, you've still got to work on these things to, to do that. And, and, and you know what, Hey bro, we, we live once, man, we live once. And so do I want to be the greatest man that ever lived? Yes. And when I connect with it and I go, I've got one life. Do I just want to be an also ran? Do I just want to be an also ran dad? Or do I want to be one of those people that, and that doesn't mean that I had to be president or anything. It just means that the greatest man that ever lived is someone who lived for his family and who was, um, who was content and satisfied and, and sits down when he's older and looks back at his life and goes, man, that was a great job. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, man. You mentioned, um, you mentioned well, uh, you, your your guest uh, Bajra said it too, but you were just talking about your routine there. Mm, what yeah. is your what is your typical routine like? My typical routine is so it starts in the nighttime. So we'll go from the nighttime first because the nighttime really sets you up for the daytime. So usually I will I started to call it rituals actually because um, I wanted to make them really like intentional. So instead of it just being a habit that I didn't didn't think about it, I wanted to be in the moment. So that was the first approach. So nine forty. You know, start getting ready, plan my day the next day. So 9.40, sit with my journal, plan the day in detail from the beginning. Work out how much my, if I'm working out, how long that's going to take. If I'm writing, how long that's going to take. Write down what I'm doing, when I'm going to leave the house. Exactly like two to five minutes. Um, after that, do your like getting ready for bed stuff. Um, making sure that you are like um, flossing, bro. <laughs> it's one of those things. And then um, hitting... Um, heading up to bed and putting down my phone. And this hasn't been working that well lately, so we're um, in the last while. <laughs> but putting down my phone and leaving it and reading. So getting a book and reading uh, for about 20, 25 minutes. Doing an after-action review, so reviewing the day. And, uh, and then switching the lights out at like 10.25, hopefully. So hopefully then, and then I usually I'm hitting the sack by 10.30. And then waking up at 5.30 in the morning 
And real quick, I'll, what's your wife doing yeah. while you're doing your routine? What's your wife doing while you're reading? What's your wife doing while you're journaling or, or figuring out your day? Is she doing the same kind of thing and she has her own little routine? Or when, when do you guys uh, spend time together at night after the kids are down? Well, usually we'll get the, all the kids down by 10, 8.15. Not lately, though, but like 8.30. So we'll usually hang out. So we watch TV like twice a week. So we watch a series on Wednesday and a movie on Saturday if we can get through a movie together. So we do that and we hang out. And then other times we just sit on the couch and chat with each other. So we usually spend that. We usually have an hour together. And then she likes to watch news. I don't particularly like to watch the news. So she watches the news while I get all ready for bed. And then she will either stay up a little bit because she doesn't have to get up so early for work and my baby daughter sleeps longer and then um but then often we'll meet we can meet in the bedroom and and go to sleep together and stuff um but generally i'm on a different schedule to her mm -hmm. okay cool yeah yeah um, so then the morning then, time yeah because then the morning time everyone's sleeping so she sleeps later usually hopefully if my daughter sleeps and usually she goes to bed later and then wakes up but i the morning's important so then i go downstairs immediately uh brush teeth obviously glass of water with lemon and, and salt um every day and then i have a single shot of coffee to get me going then i read for 15 minutes um usually um a book like as a man thinketh or from the warrior ethos as we we're talking about by stephen pressfield but usually something that's really gets me thinking then i journal after that and usually my journal is inspired by ryan holiday's i'm um, the daily stoic um on a topic of that and um i usually write a couple of phrases there in latin that inspire me for the day so memento mori semper virilis means which means always manly and arete which is character and then uh Amor Fati, which is or Fati, Amor Fati, which is a love fate. And then after that, I will either go running, riding, or at the moment I'm doing seal fit. So a nice hectic workout. Then I will go and have a uh, then I get ready. I do pull-ups every time before shower. So I do 10 pull-ups, go, and then I do 13 push-ups, and then I shower cold. And then out 13 push-ups again, another 15 pull-ups every day, even if I haven't worked out. So I've actually stacked that and I really recommend stacking things like that. It really helps. Like if you Every day before I shower. So every time before I shower, I do as many push-ups and then I keep building on that. So that makes sure that I'm working out even if I don't get a workout. You got a full-up bar in your bathroom? I've got it in between <laughs> my bathroom. Yeah, I do. I've got yeah. two bathrooms. So I've got an upstairs bathroom where I shower and then I've got a downstairs bathroom, which is my sports bathroom with all my stuff. So I basically have all my things in there and that's where I prep. Shaving, getting all those things and doing exactly things in the exact same order every day. So all like these little things that like, you know, if you've, doing your hair or doing this or shaving it all goes in a specific order i know it sounds crazy but i, I realize that as an angry person who's usually emotional it was the best thing for me to get my life in super order before i do anything and then i feel i'm winning man and then i'm like when i'm finished everything and i'm ready to go to work which is usually at like 7 10 at the moment and obviously i've worked woken up my kids in between that and they're eating and stuff now sometimes i don't even eat breakfast but often i just grab a bowl of oats with milk but i'm ready to go man like i'm i'm once i've done those things you can imagine that by seven o'clock having accomplished all that the sense that it gives you to go and hit the day and, and make the most out of it yeah. um and what so time you, do you get out of bed 5 30 usually 5 or 5 30 depends sometimes i wake up a little bit earlier if i want to get something special done like uh, my podcast on a Monday. So I do my podcast on a Monday, usually at like six o'clock in the morning um, before anything's happened. So that day I'll, I'll often get up a bit earlier, but usually 5.30. When you get out of bed, your wife doesn't wake up? Uh, no, she doesn't. I've got a very soft alarm. I use this like sleep app that tracks my sleep and it's got this way mellow like thing. But often I don't even need my alarm anymore because when you, when you get up at a, and this is why it's very important. 
I feel so bad when I've when my sleep's out of whack because when you actually have that biorhythm, your body starts recognizing, okay, it gets up at this time. And so I, I almost like today, I woke up at 5.30 without even, without even an alarm. Nice. <laughs> and that's what happens now, yeah. Yeah, my wife would just, she would feel me get out of bed or she would hear me walking across the room, even though if it, you know, it's not a hmm. situation where it's like, you know, real loud. We just have carpet upstairs. Yeah, but yeah. She, would, she would hear me walking across the room was like, or feel me get out of bed. What, you okay? You okay? I'm like, yeah, go back to bed. Go back to bed. <laughs> I think my wife's so tired from my daughter at the moment. Like I said, we've got a one-year-old that she's just like, either she's not telling me <laughs> and just whatever, but I try to be super quiet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So, so when you read the book in the morning, it's not yeah. a book that you're reading the night before or it is. It's whatever you're trying to get like another couple of pages in or a chapter or you're just reading like you said, uh, the warrior ethos, just to stimulate some thought. It can be. It depends. I mean, if it really grips me and it's a book that I'm learning from uh, a lot. So I, when I was reading The Ego is the Enemy, I would just read that at night or during the day. But at the moment, I'm actually reading um, The Gates of Fire by Stephen Pressfield. But it's more just about the war and stuff. And there is there are nice nuggets of things that I'm so inspired. And that's why I'm jealous of your name, um, of your podcast, I have to say. Because I just love... <laughs> Well, I mean, it just connects with everything that we should be as dads and husbands, right? I mean, the way that those warriors were, especially in Sparta, you know, or even the Thebans or whatever, it's just these kind of men that went through such hardship to be the kind of men they were. Or for instance, if you look at the Spartans, how they spent so much, they focused so much on the physical because Leonidas in the book, he says, you know, he before they went to war in Thermopylae, he told the guys, take care of your helmets and your shields, like sharpen them, do your hair. They actually were, they actually groomed themselves a lot. So Tanagazi's got one there on uh, us uh, caring about our appearance and why it is so important um, to, is how he got them to do physical things because he knew that frame of mind disappeared. So he would tell his generals or his commanders, like, make sure that you're taking care of all the physical things. Show your guys that you're physically strong so that you've got something to hang a coat on instead of these things. So I love that. Um, that whole warrior ethos and that yours is the warrior dad. I think it's really, really a great thing and a great name. And I, I feel connecting back to those guys 2000 or whatever years ago, 2,500 years ago, and thinking about what they went through really inspires me to really put up with much more shit than I am putting up with. And I think we, we can all say that us as men are pretty soft compared to those days. But anyway, so I read that. And then at the moment, that's not a book for the mornings. The morning, I just want to start, I want to think and get my mind. So I really am thinking, or am reading As a Man Thinketh, certain parts again now. And warrior ethos, because Stephen Pressfield just kind of does it in a very succinct way in that short book. Um, and it's really like, it's really powerful, but you don't have to read like a whole chapter of it. You can just read like 15 minutes or whatever. But it varies, you know, I, it just depends. Like the endurance, I was so addicted to that book, by the way, Endurance by Alfred Lansing about Shackleton. I don't know if you've read it, but that book was no, just I haven't. insane. Well, do yourself a favor because. That book, I don't know if you'll be like me, but I was riveted by the book. I actually actually broke my night routine because I couldn't stop reading the one night. Wow. And that happened for a long time. Just the, the example of endurance, as the book, book is called and the ship was called, that they sailed and of, of what men accomplished. If you read the book, you'll get back to me because you actually can't believe that these men actually made it through that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I did see that listed on your website as well as A Man Thinketh. And there's actually a, a passage I have on my computer. And as you were just talking about it, I just pulled it up. There's a passage that I have on my computer that I just thought that was really cool from, from James Allen as A Man mm. Thinketh. It says, A man, and I'm sure you know it, if, if depending, maybe this is one of the passages that you've read in the morning to get yourself thinking, is that uh, man is made or unmade 
by himself. In the armory of his thoughts, he forges mm. the weapons by which he destroys himself. He also fashions the tools with which he builds for himself heavenly mansions of joy and strength and peace. By the right choice and try application of thought, man ascends to the divine perfection. Mm. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I used it in the podcast, actually. I used it in one of my podcasts because I started doing this. I looked at negative thought at first, like how our thought trips us up um, a lot with the Stoics. And then I used James Allen's book with about five points. And one of the quotes was that quote, which was just how powerful we are and how powerful our minds are. And it was the positive thought of just actually knowing what is in our power. Do you know what I mean? Like actually just knowing that you can, that you can use your mind to change your life, that you can forge those weapons as weapons can be used for negative, positive, you can forge weapons to really make yourself into the man that you want to be, that you can really influence your circumstances, that you can see that when you start changing your thoughts. So, you know, you can look at your marriage and go, oh, my marriage is a disaster and try and like solve everything and talk to your wife till you blew in the face until you, or you can change your thought and watch your marriage change. It's like amazing, man. And, and just to see that you can do that. And I know I'm sounding quite excited, but I am because when you start realizing that just by changing your thought, you actually change your life and you change your world and that you can, like he says, I mean, I, I think it's quite extreme going to this. Uh, what did he say at the end there about, um, he said by the right choice and yeah. try and, and try application of thought, man ascends to the divine perfection. Yeah. Divine perfection. <laughs> yeah. It's extreme, but it's, it's a goal and it's a lofty goal, but it's something that really is encouraging for us as dads and as men that no matter what we've been through, no matter how our thoughts were, that we can then do that and we can, that we can, we can like form these things in our minds that, that change our circumstances. Right. Well, I mean, and that's kind of what we were talking about before, right? Is that our past, we can't change our past, but if we use it for good mm -hmm. and yes. we use it to forge ourselves into you know maybe we do have anger maybe we do have resentment but we can use those emotions like you said and you can forge weapons of negativity you can forge weapons of positivity and you look at so many people that are successful that have these amazing stories like one person that loves a man as, uh, as a man thinketh and i've never seen him in person but um you know tony robbins mm -hmm. he always talks about you know I, I like watching his interviews and stuff like that or i you know before i used to watch a lot of his stuff mm -hmm. and you know, he has such a horrible story. I mean, you know, quote unquote horrible, because look at how the, the man that he's become because of the circumstances that he had, you know, when he was younger. But, you know, for anybody that doesn't know his story, I mean, you can easily go look at it. But he's his mom had so many different men in and out of their life. And he always says that he had four dads and no, no money and sometimes no food and just all these horrible situations. And he just turned that into a positive thing. Whereas other people could take that and use that as an excuse to get hooked on drugs or mm. to just go down a path of crime and things like that. And, you know, and even if somebody does have that happen, even if they do start using drugs or go down a path of crime, it's not too late. It's not too mm. late to, you know, you just might have more bad stuff on top of bad stuff that, mm. you know, somebody else turned it around earlier, but it doesn't mean that you can't do it. Um, and, and start to use those emotions for good and mm. turn yourself into the person that you really want to be. Yeah, but but mean, again, it's awareness, yeah, it is, yeah. right? Again, yeah. it's, it's more awareness and it's more, uh, it's more thought. It's more time to notice who you are. Um, but anything worthwhile takes time and is tough. Mm. Yeah, I know it is, it's a lot of reflecting and, and self-awareness of being aware of what's around you and being aware of what's, what's, 
what's hanging you up and what's stopping you from moving forward and it does take a lot of effort and a lot of thought and as i said like walking in the forest for hours like just thinking about it we we spend so much time talking to other people and and reading is great and listening to podcasts is great but there comes a time when you have got to go and think you know you got right. to go for yourself you got because you're not the same as me and i'm not the same as you and we've got things in common and yes you can give me dad advice and i can give you some advice and there's certain things i can learn from bedros and and Brandon lily and bert and whoever we interview and whoever we look up to but at the end of the day it's you and your little your your own set of circumstances your own life your own thought patterns you know your own childhood like you said tony's Robbins has got his story. You got yours. I got mine, and that's why you got to go and sit and do the work. And you got to write down. And you got to and you got, and you got to do the work. It's 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 not fun and it's hard. But this is the thing. And you mentioned excuses there, you know. And 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 it's something that I realized. Like excuses are something that only keeps one person down, and that's yourself. You know, we can blame other people. We can blame society. We can blame whoever. But at the end of the day. It's what you make of those things. And the only difference is the choice you make, whether you blame someone else or whether you took ownership or when, you know, I'm choosing to stay in this. I'm choosing to be here. I'm choosing to blame my mom, my dad, society. And, you know, I, I can't, um, I can't, I don't want to minimize anybody's situation or anybody's uh, issues that they've got. You know, I'm not in the issues, but I do know that there's so many examples, including my own son of people that have been dealt a shit hand about something, you know, and just, have gone and said, well, you know, stuff this, I'm going to be, I'm going to be what I want to be and I'm going to make it and, and I'm going to become the man or the woman that I want to be. And I'm going to use this adversity to do that. And this adversity is what is actually going to drive me. And I think you and me know loads of people. It's almost like everybody we know that's made it has, has come from that, that approach. And then we know you and I probably know the same type of people that ended up ruining their whole lives because they just never stood up and said, hey, it's up to me now. You know, it's not about my ex-wife. It's not about my lawyer. It's not about my dad who, who abused me or whatever. You know, yes, those things suck. And, and, and I know enough people that that's been in their life. But one day we have to just say, well, am I willing to let that thing is, am I ready to let my past ruin my future? Or am I going to use my past, as you say, to make it? And I think that for me, I stopped making excuses. So I got to say to myself, when, when the moment it comes to my head, where I want to make an explanation about something or why I did it, I'm like, oh, that's a that's bullshit. You, you're blaming someone else. Don't blame anyone. Just own it. You know, when you say, sorry, but you apologize to someone, sorry, but I couldn't do this and this, you just, I just go, sorry now. Because it's right. like, why am I like now putting a butt behind it or that there was some reason why I couldn't do this? No, it wasn't right. a party. I didn't you're, just, you're trying to justify it. Exactly. And and I'm not and I'm not and we always think we're doing it for someone else, but it's not. We we're doing it for ourselves. We're actually being being lazy and we're being, you know, we're being someone who's not not um not taking into account what it how it affects us, you know. It's not affecting someone else. We if we maybe if we blame someone else, okay, it doesn't feel nice if you blame someone else if they know about it. But most of the things we blame, the people don't even know we're blaming them. But it actually hurts us. At the end of the day, it hurts us like by blaming anything. And I just encourage like every dad and every person just to say, like, well, what am I what am I blaming? What am I what excuses am I using to not be where I can be? And I want to reiterate, being something, and this is another mistake, I think, and you can disagree with this if you like. Like being successful has got nothing to do with how much money you make, your status, or anything. And that's what also is a mess up in our society because some people think that being the successful is being the king of the boardroom or climbing the corporate ladder or having a million followers or being a recognizable face. And that's not what success is about. Like for me, it's just not. And it's, and once you realize that it's the same thing, it's like, well, if that's not success, then what is success? And then when you start defining that in your own terms and realizing what brings, what brings you happiness. And I'll tell you a little secret about myself is that I always, I am, um, wanted to be invited to people's parties and be in all the time 
not because I actually wanted to be with those people, but because I wanted to feel included and because I wanted to be popular and because I wanted to feel special or have um, regard from other people. So what did I end up doing? Spending a lot of times places I didn't want to be, wasting it, instead of going, well, actually, does this, does this feed me? Does this make me feel a better person? Does this make, bring me contentment? No. So why am I doing it? Because I want to have um, kudos or I want to have affirmation or approval from other people. Am I getting this guy on the podcast now because it feels rad for me because now I'm the dude because I had Rob Machado on the podcast? Or am I doing this because I really want to speak to the guy and get experience and learn and, and share it with other people? And you know what it's like being in this business or what we're doing. It's like, it needs to be the right, man. It needs to be the right motivation. Otherwise, it's Absolutely. bullshit to be doing it. And you're not going to have a good time. Yeah, and you're not going to have oh. time. You're not going to have a good time doing it. And it's going to it's going to feel like a chore. And yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And, and I've, known, there, right? <laughs> I've known people that have lots and lots of money and they are definitely not happy people, you know, <laughs> and I've known, yeah. people, and, and I have, I, you know, my, one of my mentors, Paul check, he's oh, yeah. worked with millionaires. I mean, he's had people who've owned their own jets and yachts and all this stuff. And he said that they're some of the most unhappy people in the entire world. Mm. And they think, you know, with millions of dollars in their bank account, they're always worried about going broke. Mm. So they're living in fear of going broke, even though they have so much money, right? And none of it brings them happiness. You know, they get this new uh, watch or they get this new, you know, a plane <laughs> and <laughs> they think, oh, I can go anywhere in the world and they're still miserable. So, but then of course you hear people that have literally nothing and they're happy mm. and you know, I just think it's again back to you got to think, you got to reflect. But we have so much noise in our world today. We have so many people, you know, like you said earlier, you got to put down the phone, you got to put down the computer, stop looking at whatever and messaging this person and that person, and just yeah. give yourself time to think. And you know, I was I started thinking about so many things as you were as you were talking and talking about you know you read you read something and then think about it. Go spend time with that thought. Like just that one passage that I read um, from As a Man Thinketh. Read that one passage mm. and just go go for a walk or just sit quietly for yourself. And and what does that mean to you? What deeper meaning does that have? What what was going through um Alan's head when you know James Allen's head when he when he wrote that? And 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 his circumstances are are crazy. I mean, you think, you know, we think that we have it bad. Imagine <laughs> imagine being, you know, him. Uh, so the thing is, is that you just read that one thing and then apply it in your life or, or how can you apply it or just sit, sit with that thought for a moment. And I don't think a lot of people do that because we think more is better. And there's even ads on YouTube and Instagram and, you know, people going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, nine, nine. this is how many books a CEO reads, you know, one book a week, you know, this is, it's like, how, what, you're not going to remember what you read week one. A year from now, you're not even going to remember what book you read, you know, week 12 or something like that, because you're just worried about saying, I read 52 books this year. I read as many books as a CEO reads, which, you know, is that every CEO? Probably not. But, but you know, someone's trying to sell a course or mentor box or whatever it is and nothing against them because I don't <laughs> have any, I don't really have anything against anybody, but it's just, <laughs> I, I, I think it's too much, mm. right? I know people that do yeah. this with, with schooling. They just go right from one course to the next and one yeah, course to the next. Exactly. Like, well, why don't you learn 
what you, you know, <laughs> take that information and don't worry about jumping into their next course because you loved it. Apply it Applied. and and become a master at that and then take the next course mm. and not and not for your ego of, oh, look how many courses I attended last year. Look how much I learned last year. It's, well, you know, because there's tons of research out there that shows we only we only retain a certain percentage of it. Um, unless we actually implement it and use it on a regular basis. So mm. there's just so much noise out there. I think being mm. with your thoughts, like you said, being with your thoughts and thinking about it is so, it's so important, mm. but it's so hard for people because during that time, the only thing that's stimulating you <laughs> is that one thought, not, mm. you know, not a whole feed of Instagram, not, uh, the next YouTube video that's automatically going to play. It's, it's just that one thought and there's nothing else going on. And I think we've gotten a little addicted to the mm -hmm. stimulation because you, because you're mentioning people like Marcus Aurelius and you're talking about people like the Spartans. Well, all they had was time. <laughs> if they were just by themselves, they didn't have all these other distractions, you know? So they had lots of time to mm -hmm. think of these things and, I think that's what, you know, you've mentioned the word uh, stoics a lot. And I know that's something really big with you. And I'd like you to actually maybe, you know, briefly talk on that if you have some, t you know, if you have some time. I know we're getting a little, uh, mm -hmm. getting close to our hour here. But, um, you know, the, the stoics, uh, there's some people that believe that, um, you know, that's, that's the way of thinking. And some people, yeah. of course, disagree with that, but you're always going to have that. But, you know, why do we look at the Stoics and say, wow, like, look, look at, look at the thoughts that they had or look at the way that they lived their life. But mm -hmm. it's a completely different time. They had a lot yeah. more time than we do. Well, you know, they all had the same time, but they use their time a lot differently <laughs> than we use our time today. But I think there's some kind of primal attractiveness for us today. Um, that is like, you know what, we, we want to get back there, but you really got to fight to get back there. Right. You got to mm. really fight to turn off the phone, yeah, yeah, turn off the yeah. TV and to exactly. turn off all the electronics that are really taking people's attentions away. Yeah. But I mean, it's a distraction, right? It's like there were things distracting us from what we're really feeling. You know, I think that's what wealth and all. Right. You know, and they had less really distractions cool. back then. We yeah. have more. So it's a little bit harder to get rid of the distractions, mm. but it's still it's still a good practice. Mm. Yeah. But it's, it's finding the root of that distractions, you see. And I mean, that's what it is. It's like the Stoics, that's what they're about is finding what is in our control, you know, and finding what is the reason for us behaving like that instead of, you know, distracting ourselves by buying the latest thing, by hanging out with this person, by having this experience. It's like there's nothing wrong with those things. They are add-ons add um, to our life. But it needs to be something that we put second to actually working on ourselves, being someone who is calm, that focuses on tranquility and contentment above it, that is not, um, you know, slave to desires and you know, Stoics talk a lot about that about being slave to desires and have, and doing things because of our desires and following those things and and then like reflecting on on the negativity of life and being prepared for the negativity to happen to prepare prepared for discomfort and even put ourselves in dis uncomfortable positions on purpose to kind of harden ourselves because you know how it is like I've been through so many things that you know by growing up in South Africa with my parents who didn't have much money you know it wasn't so nice but it definitely prepared me you know, in, in life to face certain things that have happened to me since. And I think that's what we do. You kind of inoculate yourself against the challenges of life and you are able to maintain your tranquility and your calmness and deal with things in a, in a rational way under pressure because circumstances are continually changing. And so the, the, the dichotomy of control that they talk about obviously is that you, 
there's the things you can control, have complete control over, and there's the things that you have um, no control over. And and there's another one that that talks. The one author talks about um, there being a trichotomy of control, but that's kind of up for debate. Which is things that are completely in my control, things that are completely out of my control, and then things that I have partial control over. But focusing on the things you can control and understanding that um, that that's you, right? That's you. So not even trying to affect other people. So it's it's basically your thoughts, your opinions, your ideas, and then your actions, because those are the things you can control. And that was what the people were saying, or Stoics said, that like, no matter what happens to me, you can take away everything from me. You can destroy my house. You can kill my family, whatever, you know, but you can't take my thoughts and my opinions and things from me because those are what we have, you know, and Victor Franklin is search for meaning, which is kind of a Stoic thing as well as you know, that when we have meaning, we can, we can carry on and, and you can't take my mind away from me, you know, you, uh -huh. it's still there. And I think that for me, it just also looks at the significance of things and looking like, how does this really affect me? Like, how does this, how is this going to matter? Like tomorrow, even, I mean, how many times, Jim, do you get annoyed about something or, or even excited about something today? And how many men make the mistake of sacrificing their marriage because they wanted to have a little bit of fun in the moment and then looking back and realizing like what what was that for and so it's putting things in perspective of zooming out and looking at our whole life and going well does that really matter we're in this massive universe i'm getting upset about someone taking my parking space am i going to yeah. let that now set me off on that oh this guy cut me off in traffic oh my child broke this glass like you know i mean start looking at that like um i think it was um was it seneca that said it or no it was epictetus i think that said it like consider the glass is broken already you know, you look at things, they're gone. They're gone. You and you gone. I'm gone. My, our kids have gone. So on the one hand, that makes us let go. But in another hand, that makes us really value things because you go, well, you know, I don't have, if, I don't know my kids forever. I have my kids at the age of four once. You know, I have them like today is only today. So what am I going to do with today? I'm going to use it wisely. And I'm also going to realize that memento mori, I die too one day. And so I'm going to value these things, but also it's kind of like an, almost like a paradox, right? It's like being caring so much about stuff because you know, it's only lasting one moment, but then at the same time being um, fatalistic in the way that you just realize I can't hold on to anything and holding on to it and trying to control everything around me. Like so many people do and why those guys are scared of becoming broken stuff is because they are fear. They fearing things that are out of their control. And so the more I move on in my life, the more I start realizing that trying to control my wife's mood or control my kids, you know, no, I want to do things that are putting me in a position that I'm going to have my kids behaving in a way, which is in my control, right? I can get them up in the morning at the time. I can help them to set routines. I can put them down for breakfast at the right time. I can make sure that they know when we're going to leave. I can make sure that my daughter has a brush for her hair. I can make sure that my son knows where his toothbrush is. Right. But I you can't can teach them the lessons. You can yeah, teach them well, the lessons. Yeah. You can teach them why, why you should do those exactly. kinds of things. That's but yeah, you control. can't physically make them yeah. do them. Yeah. And that's what we do wrong a lot of times. How many parents are living like slobs and like not setting an example for their kids at all, not teaching their kids how to do things and then getting pissed off because their kids don't even don't do them. You know, sometimes I look at my kids and I said to my son, I'll be honest with you on the podcast. My son said, what the, what the F the other day? My nine-year-old son for the first time and his sister. And I was like, I said to him like, hey, what is going on here? And then I took him to the side and I said, you know what? If I... If I hadn't sworn in front of you or said this before in front of you, you'd be in some serious trouble. But I, <laughs> but, but I admit that I have not set the best example in this in the past with my anger. And I admit that I've said this in front of you and I will take ownership of my part. But I said, now that you said it to your sister, because he was swearing at her because she didn't want to, she wasn't doing her part in cleaning up the table. 
Um, I said, you're doing it for the whole of tomorrow by yourself. And um, we had a bit of a discussion, but that's the thing. You know, I, I can't expect my son to do things and to get all pissed off with him and angry with him when I don't set the example or I haven't done what's in my control. And what's in my control is me like number one number one for me in affecting my family and standing up and stepping up and seeing my children flourish and my wife be wonderful and having an awesome you know physical life with my wife and an awesome relationship and closeness that's me right can't force your wife to do anything but i but you make it much more likely to have a wonderful marriage if you are better you make it much more likely for your kids to be successful one day if you take control of what you can control and so that's the basic tenets of stoicism and i encourage guys to go read the meditations go read seneca's seneca's letters go read epictetus um and and his books by ryan holiday are really awesome obstacle is the way enemy uh, ego is the enemy and is really good one his stillness is the key um and there's lots of guys donald robert donald robertson who i've had on the podcast before but you say that people say this is the way and i have to say it is because it's 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 general for everybody and it links with buddhism a lot as well it's it's very you'll see the links between christianity and buddhism and nearly every religion and that it asks us to focus on ourselves. So I think that from my experience, stoicism and just reading out, I've only been reading it for you know six months or so. And to think of the, the mindset changes that it's made in me and the impact that it's had on me as a dad and like feeling cool about life, feeling good about life and contented and realizing success is not money or fame or whatever or listens or downloads or, <laughs> or who my next guest is or whatever has been so freeing and and makes me enjoy like sitting here with you far more and enjoy just connecting with people and having relationships and living the one life i have you know the best mm -hmm. i can yeah yeah because this is kind of how people used to sit around and talk back in the day you know where <laughs> guys just sitting around talking and good conversation and talking about life and their thoughts and that kind of stuff so mm. yeah for sure man well we should have, we should have a pipe doing this should be smoking pipes i am no i'm joking um no no it's, it's a pity for me i actually am quite sad sometimes that i'm here in germany because i connect with so many of you dudes in america and um there's just such a great bunch of guys that i've talked to and a lot of you guys are connected with each other you know the guys that i've interviewed know each other and you guys actually can physically hang out with each other or connect and i think it's important to have a band of brothers and i mean it's it's at least a bonus for me that i get to talk to guys like you and talk about these things because i walk away from this now hopefully other people that have listened to this and i'm obviously not as many as listened to tim kennedy <laughs> and i understand that but um whoever's <laughs> listened to this whoever's listened to this is the same that you walk away from this like motivated to put those things into practice and like just talking to you I, it reminds me of it reignites a little bit the flame of things of the path that i've been on and and that's an important thing i think as well jim is like Realizing we're going to fall back every now and then. Doing our best not to, but it's getting back on the wagon that is so important. It's that's, I've realized in my life so many times I've been go, 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 and then fallen off and gone, ah. Oh. And what I've done lately is realizing that a slight slide, it's so much easier to catch yourself as you just begin to slide, right? Then when you're in full flow and you've lost all hold on everything. Right. And that's what it's, is important to be self-aware to go, oh, I'm slipping. Oh, I'm on my, like this weekend. I was on my phone too much because of, I can't remember what the reason was, but I was on my phone too much this weekend and I just realized, okay, well, let's get it back on track. Let's get it back on track tonight. Let's make it today. Let's, let's make that change. Let's recalibrate. Let's get that evening routine dialed in again because putting away your phone, man, who would have known that something that didn't even exist like 20, 30 years ago would be one of the major things of being a good parent. Eh? I know, right? That's crazy. <laughs>
My dad's yeah. even got a phone now. And oh, no. It's, it's it terrible. But it's really is. It's really a shame. And uh, I know it's one of those things that we need to do and it's good to do it for, for the purpose of being on Instagram, but that's the time it can sap from you and the focus it can take from you actually being that dad that we want to be. Yeah. Well, my dad doesn't use it for that. He just, you know, he, he connects with his friends. They right. send each other pictures. And, yeah. I mean, us. but sometimes, but, but sometimes <laughs> he's on his phone and yeah. he's typing away and I'm like, Will you put that phone down? You know, I'll just really? mess with it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm bad. I've got, I, I've, I've had to work on that, and I really don't like it. It's one of those weird addictions, you know. It's that addiction that you feel that little itch and you scratch, but you actually don't feel good afterwards. You never feel good after a day of being on your phone long. I mean, you feel good after a night of like reading a good book or good conversation or something. You know, how often do you feel great? Yeah, I spent awesome. I spent like three hours on Facebook. Like no. <laughs> You never feel like it. And that's, and that's another thing. Ah. It's like a lot of the satisfactions in life don't come from the, the desires that we have. And that's a stoic thing, I suppose, as well. It's like that doesn't, that doesn't bring happiness. Joy. The stoics talk about joy and not happiness. It's that joy that is underlying everything because you're not waiting for the next high. You're not, your life isn't like a heartbeat, you know, heart rate monitor, which is up, down, up, down. Your life is much more centered and calm and, and continually joyous. Instead of having this spikes of happiness but having an underlying anxiety that follows you always because you're always after the next jet the next hot woman the the next great movie the next great conversation the next night on the town you know mm -hmm. uh, you live your life in a contented place we like and sit back like you say smoke a pipe sit back and just be like <sighs> yeah man yeah it's good i don't need anything else and i think that's where we want to i think that's where we want to be because then we're going to be great dads and husbands and and focus on what's what's important yeah Amen to that. Amen. All right. I know you got to pick up your son's bike soon, but I got to, I got to um, <laughs> end with these 10 questions as I always do. Um, so <laughs> I, every show I end with the 10 questions and those Damn. were inspired by James Lipton and Bernard Pivot. Yeah, man. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Who is your hero? Oh, jeepers. Um, oh man, this is hard. Who's my hero? I like what Matthew McConaughey said about his future self, but I, I would probably say Leon, at the moment it would be Leonidas of the 300 and the Spartans. Okay. <laughs> what excites you? Mountain biking. Downhill mountain biking excites me. Time with my kids, obviously. Um, surfing excites me beyond belief, the thing of that. And uh, mostly what excites me is the prospect of being a better person and enjoying life and becoming content, actually, to be honest. Nice. Opposite of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> what turns you off? What turns me off is people that are, I would say one thing is on Instagram is when people are taking loads of photos of themselves in the mirror and being very kind of like anti-humility um, and egotistical. I would say that turns me off almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Like self-promotion which is why I try not to do that at all because we can always get into the things that we hate most, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your favorite sound? I would say running water or breaking wave. What is your least favorite sound? I'd say like that's definitely the chalkboard sound. Is fingernails on the chalkboard is pretty bad. Uh, screaming babies, I've had to get used to that. Yeah, probably, <laughs> yeah, probably that chalkboard. Okay. <laughs> quite typical what is your favorite quote or saying oh jeepers wow man you send me these questions before <laughs> um let me think 
Wow. There's been so many. It's like you say, you get so many that you actually don't, um, that you don't have one that's uh, on your, on the back of your, or on the tip of your tongue. Hmm. I would say, I would say one that comes to mind is from Batman, actually. It's what you do that defines you. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I remember that scene. I like that. Yeah. In a couple words, what should a dad be? Loving, a leader. That's actually a couple already. Do you mean a few? <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. It's just loving, leader, and I think humble. I think humble is important. Yeah. I like that. I'll have to change that to a few words in a few words. So uh, the next one in a few words, what should a dad not be? Self centered. My daughter's coming up behind me now. <laughs> this is Papa. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah. So what did I say? I said um, a dad should be should not be should not be self-centered, egotistical, and needing needing approval from from other people. Nice. If you could try any other profession, what would it be? Professional surfer, <laughs> for sure, hands down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bit late and, for that. And finally. What would you like to be remembered for? Oh, good. I like this question. I would definitely like to be remembered for being a patient, loving, kind, caring father and husband. That's it. That's like without a question. Nice. That's awesome. It's tough, Tom. man. It's tough, man. Those questions are like the quote one. <laughs> <laughs> I must think that I must get a quote that is on my tip of my tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Tom, tell everybody real quick before you go where they oh, can yeah. find out more about you, um, where they can listen to the Dad Strong podcast, uh, everything. Mm. Yeah, well, the Dad, Dad Strong podcast. So we have a Monday morning meditations. So that's like a short 10 to 15 minute podcast, which is inspired by stoicism a lot, where I just deal with those kind of things. And then I have an interview show on Wednesday, and you can find our podcast on any platform, basically. Most people listening on Apple Podcasts, obviously, and Spotify, but you can find it on generally any podcast. Go check out the Dad Strong podcast um websites are kind of in transition um from one to the other so i'm not going to send you there yet but we're on instagram you know um dad strong seven i think on there couldn't get the dad strong thing on its own someone else got that and then we're on facebook we've got the dad strong facebook group and the dad strong facebook page but we're developing things and we'll be able to share a little bit more about that and as i say we i mean me right <laughs> um, <laughs> and seeing how it grows but yeah man thanks uh, for the opportunity to come on the show. It's quite cool to be on the other side and you ask some good questions, man. It's nice. It gets me thinking. Awesome. Well, yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm glad we can make it happen finally. And uh, I know you got to get going, so I don't want to hold you up, but I really appreciate it. And I love this conversation. Cool, bro. Let's connect again. Thanks a lot. All right, man. All right, guys. See you later. As warrior dads, we got to tackle a lot of things, but tackling low testosterone levels should definitely not be one of them. Uh, we need to keep our testosterone at peak levels, and that is absolutely crucial for all of us. So I'm sure you know all the horrible things associated with low T levels. If you don't, it's definitely not pretty. Uh, it's Google search away. But unfortunately, testosterone levels in men have been consistently decreasing over the last two decades. And it's actually one of the biggest conversations I have to have when working with men, which is why I decided to create the Warrior Dads Testosterone Booster.
guide and checklist. It's a free download, and all you have to do is go to checklist.warriordads.com. Uh, just download it, start start implementing it, and start to feel the difference. So again, go to checklist.warriordads.com and get your free copy now. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Warrior Dads podcast. If you like this podcast and want to support it, please subscribe, leave comments, and share it with someone you think would benefit from listening as well. Thanks again, and keep on being a warrior dad.